Warning, you never know what's going to pop out of our mouth. We may or may not use inappropriate language, but you, if you know us, you can guarantee we probably are. Warning. What's up? What's up? I'm Sarah, the mother. And I'm Jewel, the daughter. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to What, what the, the F is Ladylike. People are so curious about hauntings, right? I think a lot of people are. We're going to talk about the top most in the nation haunted hotel in our area located in Troutdale, Oregon, which made the national list. I don't know if that's a good thing. I mean, top 10... There could be a lot more haunted places, but ours is on there. We're going to talk about why it's haunted. Get ready. Buckle up. First time listening to us. Welcome. Welcome, guys. Welcome, welcome. I hope you're having a fabulous day. Joel, we have new countries listening to us. Who's that? Joel, we have Finland. Ooh. We have Ireland. Ooh. In Nigeria. Ooh. And I know Brazil's on there. Brazil's new. Brazil is new. I've always wanted to go to Brazil. I feel like it's a beautiful place out there. Beautiful people. Ireland. Ireland. I always want to go to Ireland. I have um, some Ireland in me. Found that out on Ancestry.com. Or no, the 23andMe. I found out through the 23andMe thing that I spit in where my nationalities are. Yeah, I tried to spit in that thing and it rejected me. Yeah, you got denied. I got I need you to spit in it cuz it helps mine cuz you're my parent. So today we're gonna, we're going to dive into the uh Edgefield. Yes. Over we in Toronto. We lived over there. It's right near the We've been there Columbia quite a few River t- area. We've been towards, there quite a few times. Towards the windy city of Troutdale. Do you remember the wind over there? Yes, especially um, near the area. What was the area where we always got pierced? Whatever that area was, was always windy. That's Troutdale. Downtown Troutdale. Yeah, whatever. Like, And it has the little shopping areas right there and all that. Yeah, super windy over there. And they have the train go through there. Yeah, so McMinimums, it's a big, big property over there, right? So it's located um, off of Halsey, 
and it sits like right near the Columbia River. A lot of winds. They uh, they have bands that go out there and play now. Um, they have you know a theater, a restaurant, a hotel. Yeah, they have all sorts of random things going on here and there. And we've spent uh, some time out there. Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna go ahead and do that. Talk about that today. Do you have anything to add of current events that's happening, Joel, that we need to chit-chat about before we talk about our topic? Uh, for one, Britney motherfucking Spears is free. Fuck yeah. Let's <laughs> go, guys. Like, yeah. that's been a long time coming now. Like, she was look- she's been looking for houses. Like, I'm so I'm so happy for her. She she deserves that. That's a long time, man. Long time. So we're going to just have to go back to the roots of this. Have you ever heard of the 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 older people going, you're going to send me to the poorhouse? A little bit. Heard of it. Didn't really necessarily know what it meant. I don't think a lot of people do. Yeah. I don't think a lot of people know that certain sayings that are elder. Well, I don't want to say elder. No, but they are. They are your elders. They're the they're wise. They they knew stuff that was happening back then that we didn't know. Right, and they would say certain sayings, and it just became you know a pattern. But then you're like, you never stopped and said, "Well, what the hell does that really mean?" You know, it actually came from somewhere. We're going to talk about that. How um, the Edgefield started getting all these little spirits going on in there. To where the logs, there's logs today that are logged at the front desk. Um, I have somebody who um, I went to high school with confirmed that they do have those logs. Um, And it is documented um, on their website also. So a poor farm, Jewel, what do you think a poor farm actually means? What do I think it means, or do, what's the actual definition? When you hear about that, what do you think a poor farm means? Um, in my head, I think of people who are poor, and they all live on a farm. That's what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. So a poor farm houses and supports those employees that are working on A public expense farm, which means every every country during a certain period of time, and it kind of established in England, and then it was brought over to the United States because it was effective over in England, so they say. They're also known as workhouses, too. Mm-hmm. That's the other name for them. Yeah. So uh, a poor farm is a place that, let's say, your county um, would house people that are working so they would eat and have a place to live. So I'm not quite sure if people knew what that meant. So if you're... if if back in the day somebody was going to go, oh, you're going to send me to the poor house, this is what they meant. <laughs> yeah. The Edgefield was originally Multnomah County Poor Farm in Troutdale. 
was finished being built in 1911. The total cost of that main lodge outbuilding dairy, piggery, that's where they kept pigs, was $100,000. That's pretty cheap back. It's pretty cheap. No, maybe that's expensive. Not quite sure. So in November 1911, 211 inmates is what they're calling them. Inmates moved in. 75 of them were bedridden due to chronic and untreatable illnesses. They classified these residents. It's pretty weird. They would, they would classify them as meat and mush, which that meant meat, those, those are the ones that were able to go out into the fields and actually work. Those that were mush, they weren't able to work. So what that meant is those that were able to work, that were the meat, they got to eat meat three times a day. And the ones that were mush only got to eat meat once a day. Hmm. Interesting, right? By 1914, the farm was a very successful on paper, man. I mean, they had they had farms, they could, you know, grow in vegetables, they had you know, they were milking the cows, they had dairy, they had oh my gosh, I mean it was just it was going. Sounds like a dream, right? I mean, what they're putting out there, yes, but mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. maybe not what the real story is, right? They had a jail on this property, they had a hospital, they had a juvenile home. Of course, these were shared, these are county properties, so you know, it's not like the jail was just mainly to house these these people that are on that property, is like everybody within that, that county, so. Um, I just want to make sure I clarify that. By 1935, the farm's population peaked, and it had 614 residents. 535 were men, and 63 were women. When Roosevelt came into a new deal... Okay, wait. That's a little... What? You're just going to say that and go by that? Like, that's a very... (coughs) That's a very big gap of... 535 men and only 63 women. But back then, women weren't allowed to really work. So I'm... But you got to remember. How is there more men than women? We're going to talk about probably why there's more more men than women. Because, I mean, if you got to think about it. Well, I mean, yeah. I don't know. That's just that's just the odd number difference. I would get like if it was well, like th- two hundred women or whatever, but sixty three, not even a hundred women. <laughs> that's just a real. And then five hundred thirty five men. That's crazy. That's just weird. That's just a weird number difference for me. So when President <laughs> Roosevelt came in, he had a new ju- new deal. A new deal, man. He's like, this is what the deal is gonna be. We're going to make this job market boom. Bam, right? This is around World War II, right? Era, mm-hmm. right? 
Mm-hmm. So those that were like healthy, they were like out there attending those farms, working their asses off, you know, sweating away for their meal. They got to go re-enter back into the job market. They're like, man, screw you people. <laughs> We're going to go get ourselves a job. We're not going to be sitting here doing this, right? And you told me the reason why around this time, this was, you know, post-war welfare, social security programs. So then... Yeah, around the, in 1935, the Social Security Act was around. And so that kind of like, uh, you know, put a kibosh on whatever the hell was happening in the, in the poor farms there. Because then when those that were working on those farms left, then, then that left behind the disabled in those that had become accustomed to the institutional life that that they just didn't want to live independently. What ended up happening in a nutshell is <clears throat> the dairy farms were like sold in 1969 and some fields were leased, which I, which I could see that that happening, you know, for the crops and stuff like that, you know. And in 1964, the main lodge was renamed the Edgefield and became a nursing home. It was one of the first ones in Oregon to offer physical rehabilitation. It served in that capacity until 1982, when the buildings were closed and were abandoned, right? By 1985, the neglect in vandals was so bad. It was beyond repair, man. It was so beyond repair. The Troutdale Historical Society challenged the county, claiming the buildings were historic, man. They were historic. I mean... History for, I mean, history for what? I mean, they just, were historic, man. Just because they were around back then? So, I mean, it entered into the historic, you know, whatever little, little dockets or whatever they're called for the historic society, those buildings. So they couldn't like tear them suckers down. They'd have been in trouble. It's like putting them in a little bubble. You know what I mean? You can't be, you can't be. And then they have restrictions. There's a whole, like, you can't do this. You have to make them look similar, blah, 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 to, you know, the air, right? Hmm. Well, these brothers are like, I could take this on, man. I could take this on. Give it to me in 1990. So then McMinimum brothers... They wanted to dabble in the hotel business, right? They just wanted to dabble in it. See, I feel like they could have picked a way better place than that. But to do hotels. But, you know, they're doing great because of their storylines. It's, it's, it, they make great, good business. 
So the McMinnan brothers lived in northeast Portland, and they started their venture in, like, cafes and stuff like that. So the McMinnan brothers, they started purchasing historical um, historical hotels, buildings around the area, and they turned them into pubs, breweries, and music venues. One of them was the Edgefield. What kind of people would play in those those venues there, Joel? So the complex included a winery, brewery, and distillery, a restaurant, and a concert venue. And it hosted very, very notable people as B.B. King and Ringo Starr. Oh, snap. That's the Beatles. Those are a couple of favorites, I think, in our family. We love both of them very much. So these brothers, they're like, they start taking on this hotel business, taking it on. But guess what? It started be- it started becoming noticeably haunted, and there's logs about it. Now, you got to remember, these families in the 1900s, back in history, they housed, you know, people that were sick. You know, people that um, weren't ava- weren't able to afford housing. You know, this was a way for the county to get the basically what we would say the homeless people off of the streets, right, and into an institution. You know, where they were earning their keep, basically, right, and in a nutshell, right. But somewhere along the line. It was like a nay-nay. It was like, you can't do this, man. This ain't right, right? Yeah. They had other laws coming out in place and uh, other things passing for people who needed extra help. So you found um, these these poor farms all over the place, right? You found them in, like, Canada. Mm-hmm. The, the worst UK. one was in Texas, it's, right? Yeah, there's one that's noted that one of the worst ones happened to be in Texas. And they basically used these poor farms as punishment for people. And certain places and counties would just choose who they decided was poor and... I mean, you had to be making, obviously, under a certain amount, but they would put people there. And, like, if they didn't have any family support, they would get put in there. So uh, on the McMinimum's website, when the name changed in the 1960s to the Edgefield Manor, the buildings and the surrounding land became a nursing home, which we already talked about as one of the first in Oregon, and an institution for mentally ill children. So everything that we just talked about leading up to, you know, the hauntings, a lot could have occurred back then. Yeah, I mean, I I mean, if you got people dying that are sick, you got people dying because they're overworking themselves and not getting fed, they're malnourished, then you got people the next that got taken over, you got old people that are basically just there to be sick and basically die. And then you got mentally ill children or what they call mentally ill children. 
and however they're being treated and whatever happens in their situation. I mean, and we believe in ghosts and spirits up in this house. And I would say that there'd probably be some very upset spirits. Yeah. Yeah. Very upset. Very upset. So I want, I, I know that we couldn't really hear all about the logs, but I want to, if we go there, you're able to see them and view them. Yeah. And hopefully we can see some of them here um, that has been documented. But before that, we want to take a moment to tell you about these amazing people. Go check out UrbanSurvivorMan.com with Jesse Sponberg. He's out there trying to save those animals right now in Hawaii. He's building him some a flash town where all of those animals could go. Be sure to check out Josh Larson. He's going to be at Har- the Hard Rock in on November 24th. He's very funny, guys. Check him out. And he just put out a show not that long ago. That will be listed in the in the bio. Hey, if you are going to be looking for something for Christmas and people like those pendants, you know, those pendants and they're made out of glass and they're just really cool. Where can they go to pick those up there, Jewel? Dylan's Art Glass on Instagram. He does, I'm pretty sure, custom orders if you have something you have in in mind. But he also has some very, very cool and beautiful selections for anybody, any any ages, any whatever. It's they're super cool. And children love them, just so you know. So it's for all age ranges. And let's say you're short on a budget. Dylan will go, What can you pay? What can you pay? And guess what? He'll sell it to you for that price. Don't forget to like, subscribe to our show. That's how you support us. And share it with all your friends, family, your mom, your dad, sister, cousin. But not your kids. Hey, yes, just really really quick, before I say not your kids, I actually do want to recognize that I am seeing the teenagers um, group listening. And before we we go in back to our topic, um, I do want to recognize that I do see you guys and you guys are listening to uh, the anxiety. You guys are listening to the bullying. And, you know, just because we say this is not intended, I do want to actually recognize that I am proud of you for listening to our anxiety show and the bullying. And if you ever do need to reach out to us, just message us. And it's more so the reason of why we say the show isn't for younger audiences is just because of the language. Like we don't say or do anything that's inappropriate. We just speak and foul, like a foul mouth. Sometimes we get passionate about what we talk about. And, you know, me as my, my kid sees me cuss and she knows it's all on your parenting. Right. Apparently I was such a great parent that my daughter just cusses like me. (laughs) <laughs> it didn't just come from you. I got a father that has a sailor's mouth over there, too, you know? And so did my dad. So did her, her whole fucking family. <laughs> our whole family. No, seriously, hold on. Let me... We'll get back on topic, but I felt like I was so cool because my mom would walk, walk out, like, go to the store, and 
or go just be out of the room and i'd be like bitch not like bitch to her but like i'd be like just cussing i'd be like ass shit (laughs) and like i'm like she can't hear me (laughs) but like i would say it it was so bad (laughs) yeah but back again i do see you 17 16 year olds that are listening to our show and i am seeing which shows you are listening to and um just take what we the words that we say and make sure that um if you need help shoot us a, shoot us a message and we can make sure that we get you to the appropriate person and or reach out to somebody that you trust as well we are also a great resource but if you have somebody that is close to you that you trust reach out to them as well i think the McMahon brothers did a great job restoring it but I don't know if people realized, you know, you're 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 going to restore this as like a historical building. It's going to look perfect. We're going to have a brewery, we're going to have a movie theater, we're going to have a golf course, concert area, a wedding venue, but then not realize See, how many people, patients, you know, that had passed away within that facilities if you didn't know or believed in spirits, right? Right. I mean, I feel like, I guess maybe everybody has their own definition of what historic means or what a historic building or monument should be. But I definitely don't, I mean, I, for some things, but like, I don't think people dying is something historic, like here. Like, it's something to be noted, and but like to be, tried to be restored and kept up with with and maintained with how it was like I think it deserved a change because of the things that went on there and to have pretty much all patients die there and only have a few come out on the surviving end to be able to say like that is just very disturbing and I mean I definitely believe like when bills and acts are passed in certain buildings i think that makes that building historic or when certain changes happen at that building like in positive ways not negatively but then there's people who say in other countries they have landmarks from like the world war one world war two where tragedy did happen right so that's where that argumentative would be some people would say this is a historic building because a lot of people did die. Well, the brothers, they they restored a lot of places within our area. Mm-hmm. Um I believe it said nine in our around nine in our area were our historic places. Yeah. And so they restored a lot of those buildings. And I do want to give props to that because I am con- in construction and it breaks my heart when an older building gets torn down and not preserved. Yeah, for instance, my school. That would be one of them. I yeah. was heartbroken. If anybody knows New Urban High School, um, yeah, they redid it. And they made all sorts of promises that they were going to keep certain shit. And they, nope, tore it all down. And I'm really still heartbroken about it. <laughs> <laughs> but back on to the subject at hand. <laughs> 
you know, I didn't know before, you know, we're going to go into these hauntings and the spirits here, but um, I didn't know that the Edgefield was like a national, like in the top 10 of the national haunted hotels. Dude, I didn't know that until that, like we're us doing this. And, you know, I've been there quite a few times and, you know, wish I would have known that. Walked the halls, went to the bathroom there, you know. I mean, I, I did. I when I went there, I got a eerie like feeling every time. Like I never had. The like, only time I didn't was when I think there was one time we ate there and we ate outside, and we were by the the like fire heater heater lamp thingies, mm-hmm. and I think we were literally just there for lunch with like grandma or mm-hmm. something, and that's the only time. Any time when we ate there for Brendan's. Uh, lunch or big birthday. That was something. a different place, though. That was another McMinimum. So that was at the school one that was in Portland. Okay, well, still eerie. <laughs> Sorry, different different <laughs> McMinimums, but it was eerie. Just saying, uh, creepy, creepy, F- creepy feelings. Mm-hmm. So even the person I know uh, mentioned room two fifteen to me. Room 215. Hmm. It's a number to remember and a room number to remember. I don't think I want to stay there in room 215, but I want to know more about it. You Why know? would you want to stay there at all? <laughs> <laughs> okay. This, she is the same. Do you guys remember our freaking other episode? She wants to bring the fucking person into her car. Bandage man. The bandage man. Do you, do you hear her? She. Oh, my gosh. And now she wants to stay at a hotel. That's not, no, you can do all this stuff on your own. So apparently <laughs> the Edgefield performed. See, I'm just see how I just ignore her. <laughs> apparently the Edgefield performed a spirit cleansing. I don't think it worked, man. Mm-mm, no, no. I'd get your money back. I would have, I'd have multiple people be doing cleansings there. Different I mean, area, at all areas, get at all your time. money back. It didn't work, man. Hopefully, there was a warranty on that. I don't know. A spirit cleansing is a way to get rid of evil spirits. But during the cleansing, they found something strange animal bones. Animal bones, dude. Okay. Animal bones in room 215. The animal bones had been arranged in a shape of a large pentagram. That's weird. So that would mean if they were already arranged, that that would mean somebody prior before would have tried to uh, done the same thing, right? I guess. I I don't know. So it comes no surprise to many guests reported strange energy around that building. And there are many stories of unmarked graves on the property. And some of them might be true, but some of them, hey, maybe we just don't know unless you dig up them bodies, right? I mean, yeah, there's a theory that uh, a new mother had a child and died from, they died chicken pox and the mother and child were reportedly buried on the property. According to the guests, the woman can be heard 
on the upper floors trying to calm her crying child. Staff has also reported she is singing nursery rhymes almost every night at midnight. The rhymes, commented by one guest, are soothing. Probably because she's trying to calm her child down. Right. So probably the people that are freaked out by it are just freaked out that they are hearing that the rhymes. But some of the rhymes, the nursery rhymes, if you ever go back and you like are listening to nursery rhymes, they are fucked up, man. Ring around the like, yeah. Like you the, don't even realize what you're singing. Yeah. <laughs> They're so fucked up. They are so fucked up. Like who the hell that's a whole different episode. Let's Ring around the rosy is literally about back death. on topic okay. because okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you were to hear that, Joel. Would you like be like? I wouldn't be the one saying that's soothing. I'd be like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. You'd be like a nay nay. Yeah, I'm out. I don't. Peace. I don't do. Deuces. I don't do <laughs> any extra noises. Any extra. If I see some shit, um, I see some shit. I'm I'm good. I'm fucking good on that. So most guests and staff, they seem to be completely like at ease with that ghost. So obviously that ghost is not trying to be like evil. So maybe maybe they don't need their money back because a cleansing would be like for evil. Okay, well, Jill's like unfortunately me. She's, she's over here. No, mom. Not all the ghosts at Edgefield are so welcoming. Okay, well, on one stormy night, a guest reported to the management that she felt as if somebody was watching her in her room. The manager promptly followed the woman back to her room where he did a thorough search just before the manager turned to leave the room. Both he and the guest heard a voice say, get out. Oh, hell no. The woman felt so uncomfortable that she insisted on switching to a different room. The manager reported that he felt the hairs on the back of his neck stand up. Oh, snap. Fuck that. See, that's the thing. Something like that similar happened to me when we went to the other old house and they, oh, no, I'm good. Uh-uh. Something like they, it said like, get out, get, get out. And, get, and we all, we all, we got out. We fucking dipped out and we left. We well, listened. I just got to tell you, you know, one thing that I did learn, you know, if you are cleansing a place, they're actually, the person who's actually cleansing the place, they actually leave a mark. And like in my, my instance, the person that was cleansing one of my, our places left a mark on the window and it once that gets wiped off you got to redo it so maybe they didn't follow the instructions well and (laughs) i don't know and if it is a hotel and they have to keep up certain cleaning expectations you know they could probably got cleaned and just wiped off so yeah there's instructions on the on on how to like you know cleanse a house too so um, maybe it's not going to work for Edgefield because of that, you know, because you got to leave it on the window. You got to leave it there. Once it's gone, you're screwed, man. Okay. So tell me what you would do if you were walking up the stairs or down the stairs and you just felt a push and nobody was around. I'd be like, stop fucking pushing me. That happened. Yeah. To quite a few guests out there. People felt slight pushes on their back. I'd be like coming down the stairs. What do you want from me? What do you want? I can't help you. (laughs) 
I mean, why are people? Why I mean, are, we need to make a movie about this, guys. We hey, let's anybody, do it. Anybody who's in any of that, we can make a film about Edgefield. And then, and then, what we could do is we can make the county pay for it because it's a historical place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because they're the ones that started the poor farm, right? I thought it was a great idea. I know I just got off topic there. <clears throat> so apparently, the guests that, that would leave room two fifteen in disarray, upsetted the elderly women. What? She upset about the elder elderly woman. Oh. Mm-hmm, that was in 215. Oh. So she would lash out? Mm-hmm. Flickering guests' clothes about, and sometimes... So she would fling the guests' clothes around the room and sometimes out the window. So if they were if they were not being like neat and tidy within the room, no. They if she if she she would just lash out on some guests and start flinging their belongings. Around. Maybe maybe they were bad peoples. But that's that's the thing. She was known to be not, she one of the friendlier ghosts of Edgefield, but to be wary of her temper. Is that almost like the Harry Potter, like, singing fat lady? Like, sometimes she's nice. Sometimes she just pissed her off. No, it would be more like um, the one that would was in the toilet room. Right? M- Myrtle? Mm-hmm. Oh. No? She was emotional. I mean, yeah, she kind of, yeah, maybe. I, I would be picturing her, like, being Mo- the... Moaning, mur- mo- moaning Myrtle. Myrtle. Something like that, right? Because she could probably fuck shit up. Well, she's all like, do, 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 and then she's like, Rah! right? And just saying, because she died in the stall. Oh, sorry. Spoiler alert. <laughs> but if y'all have not seen Harry Potter, um, she was murdered. She was murdered, and then she haunted the bathroom, guys. Rightfully so. I'd be pissed the fuck off if I was her. Yeah, yeah. So others have reported small child bracing down the halls in the hallway at all hours of the night. When the guests approach the child to scold them, to ask where his parents are, he disappears into the thin mist. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. Yeah, I'm saying, mm-mm, as she's saying this, mm-mm. Although there is many reports of different uh, hauntings activities at the Edgefield, they all feel comfortable there. And in in general, they enjoy staying there. I mean, fuck, people get married there. They There's all sorts of uh, concerts. There's also, um, so at the front desk, there's a log of all the ghost activities that everybody can check out. They do do... Um, tours too i'm going to be making sure i have all of these links in the bio um i do think the brothers mcminimums did a great job on restoring a lot of the historical buildings uh around town creating them you know back in the day i say if you can handle it stay there and let us know how it goes (laughs) report back Report back. 
So what do you what did you learn today, Joel? That you didn't know yesterday? Um Well, I knew that it was historic building, but I didn't never knew why. And that it's historic because it I mean, I don't know what they meaning of it, why it's historic, but it's it represented a the land, I would say, represented something that was going on back when poverty was very bad, I guess. I don't know. So I at least I got to know the definition of the poor house or, you know, the poor farm, just because I wanted to make sure I knew what the hell it was. But at the same time, if I think about it in today's world, right? So I know, I know that our county, because each county is was responsible for the homeless problem or all of that. And, and they were taking responsibility for it, maybe not educating and trial and error kind of thing, not knowing what the hell to do. And it was like, you know, you had to, you know, work your ass off for all of these things. And this area was Multnomah County. Yeah. But I'm trying to think, like, what the hell do they have in place today? So, you know, if they have what we have nowadays, is they're called homeless shelters. Yeah, but they're overcrowded. They're, yeah, they're way overcrowded. They cannot even help. And so this is... It's nothing like what the amount of space Edgefield is, right? So No, you get small little buildings here and there in Portland. That'll help in maybe outskirts of like in Salem, they have some. And a little bit here and there, but not enough for what is going on currently like where we have a certain percentage of homelessness and also people on brink of homelessness like who are struggling to live day by day financially but there's also who t- people who take advantage of those financial benefits and it screws the people who really need help mhm so I'm just putting that out there. There's people who really need help. And then there's people who just take advantage of the system and don't necessarily need help. And they're just lazy and don't want to do anything. So what the county has in place right now is like um, medical benefits, right? Um, uh, food stamps. Um, Money resources, honestly. So if you need help paying your bills, electric, like your electric, your gas, they assist you with that. They a lot of the times they pay that for you, and there's TANF, and that's your that's money. That's how you can pay for your rent. That's how you can pay for uh, things that are non grocery items. And then you have your EBT food card that can support food. And then any woman out there, and I will tell that, and I say this because I feel like a lot of women don't know this. If you have women. If you have children or are pregnant even and expecting children and your child is five or under, WIC, apply for WIC. They will help you. They give you your basic necessities you need, your milk, your eggs, your bread, 
and depending on what you 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 could even get soy milk if you can't have regular milk they customize it perfectly just there's help out there it's just you gotta look and ask for that help and sometimes it's a little too late though and I I can sit there and tell you that it took me a little while to get on like my I have state insurance and it took a little while and it just you got to be patient patience is key and persistence mm-hmm. I'm fighting a battle for something else right now I don't need to just say but you got to be persistent and you got to keep going and I've been fighting it for over a year but you got to just keep going yeah and every county is different of what resources that there is. Yes. So, you know, Multnomah County and Clackamas County will be different. Um, and depending on your state, I'm not quite sure how every single state is. Well, and I, one thing I got to say is definitely take advantage of your food banks. I don't want to say I like take over advantage of them, but take advantage of them. If you need extra help and you're, don't, you're not your EBT money is running out or your other money is running out, they will help you if you need extra if you need double food they will help you trust me and you don't need to show them anything mm-hmm. yeah well i mean i learned some things today so to put it in numbers and what's been reported and this is only what's been reported because we know that the counties and government don't report everything truthfully but here in oregon and this is the most recent they have is 2019 to 2020. There has been reportedly over 15,000, almost 16,000 people suffering from home homelessness. Yeah, and Multnomah County doesn't have their shit together because um, just on Friday, they did another sweep of Laurelhurst Park. So when you go to do a sweep, where the fuck are you going to put them? So you're just going to sweep them. They're going to go somewhere else. You need to have a fucking plan. If you're going to sweep a homeless community and all of that work that the CARES program, all of that that they have done to try to get in contact with all of these homeless people, if they've done all this work, then they go to do a sweep. Now their fucking belongings have been taken away from them again. And where the hell did you put them? Think about it. You're just shoving them back and forth, shoving them from one block to another, another block to another. If you're going to take the time and spend the goddamn money that you're spending, do something productive for these homeless people. Some of them do not want to get the hell off the streets because that's their way of life. That's how it's been you know, the county has not given two fucking shits, and that's the way it is. Some people have drug addictions, and they're out there on the street. There is programs for all of these things. Of course, they're ran by the public. They're ran by the county. They're ran by these, these government facilities, right? There's a small amount of people that contribute to the solution on their own. Have a fucking plan. Yeah, and I feel like um, to go continuing on to like what you're saying of what 
these people suffer. So a lot of these people do suffer from drug addiction. But then I feel like a lot of them also suffer from, I mean, and like we say a lot, a lot of people suffer from mental illness. But I definitely think that they struggle from mental illness and not getting the proper treatment. And then they resort to drugs and those drugs make them worse. And it's like they hallucinate from those drugs. So then it develops more issues and it's just not a good scenario. And then kind of something like that I was explaining to you is like sometimes it literally it isn't a choice and sometimes people are born into it. And people are having children who shouldn't have children. And this would be the last thing I say about this because this this is a topic that we just need to have a whole show on and we will eventually. But children are being sold from their parents, their druggy parents, to other people. And I don't even need to go on. I mean, I'm pretty sure us adults can put two and two together on what happens to those children and how they get raised and grown up and what their lifestyle ends up being like. And that is happening more and more and more these days. So that is an issue. So there's lifestyles and things that could be in place beforehand. And our just our shit is just so fucked right now in government and our counties and all all over. So people need to do better. And like we've we sit there and say, if you sit there and see your government counties and don't you speak up, use your word. That's what we're doing here. Got to use your words. Got to use your platform. And that's why it's so disappointing. With kind of like what you said, like people are making a big huge deal about Taylor Swift right now, right? They're making a big deal about certain certain topics, so they blow out of blowing pro- it up. They blow out of proportion certain topics, and I'm not going to say all of them because I don't want any fucking backlash. But they take one certain topic on, let's say, TikTok, social media. They blow that fucking so much Mm -hmm. that that's the whole... And it reaches a ton of people. A ton of people. Why the hell can't you actually, on something that's a fucking problem, blow that shit up? And do better and make change. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's literally... you. with actually probably within this last month there's been so many things that have blown up topic wise huge that perfect opportunities for so many things for client like the shit going on with our oceans the shit going on with children children like all sorts of fucking shit that could be dealt with yeah and so now that we know the algorithm is that how you say it algorithm of social media can you please hate everything that we do so that way people can (laughs) listen to us (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just hate us and no, just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> jk jk but no for real like but that's really what it, i've been thinking about is like if you people can blow up certain things other things should be blown up too that are important like that are actually issue that is world changing like changing our world right now mm-hmm. and in a humane way And this is what I'm saying. So like celebrities out there who have this status and this is why I will like Ashton Kutcher, I give you props all the time. You're sitting there fighting left and right constantly at the courts fighting for these women and children. And he 
And sometimes he has to literally lay it out there bluntly for these people in their faces on what's going on. And people need to just wake up and not just sit on their ass. If you want change, you got to make change. And that's, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope we uh... <laughs> leave you guys on that message. <laughs> I hope you guys learned something today. And I hope that uh, that you take some of the words that we say, even though we are inappropriate sometimes because we are what the F is ladylike and we're not very ladylike about it. I hope you take some some words that we say and have it sink in a little bit. So until next time, I'm Sarah. And I'm Jewel. Ladylike is produced by us. Our theme song is by Comeback Karma. Don't forget to like and subscribe.